Hello, friends. It's December 27th, day 361 of our one-year Bible tour. My name is David McAdam, and this is the One-Year Bible Tour Guide podcast, where each day we encourage you to go a little further, dig a little deeper, and draw a little closer in your apprehension of God's heart and mind through reading His Word. The Apostle Paul talks about his personal ambition to lay hold of that for which he was laid hold of by Christ Jesus in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. And we gain an understanding of God's purposes, not only for our individual lives, but for the whole of humankind as we read through the Scriptures. We are reading from the book of Zechariah in the Old Testament and the book of Revelation in the New Testament today, both books dealing with the ministries of Christ and the forces of Antichrist, the contrast between the world system governed by lies, false prophets, and false shepherds, and the kingdom of God that is built upon the righteous judgment of the true Savior and the Good Shepherd. So let's start by reading Zechariah chapter 10 in the Old Testament, and I am reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. Zechariah chapter 10, the restoration of Judah and Israel. Ask rain from the Lord in the season of the spring rain, from the Lord who makes the storm clouds, and he will give them showers of rain, to everyone the vegetation in the field. For the household gods utter nonsense, and the diviners see lies. They tell false dreams and give empty consolation. Therefore the people wander like sheep. They are afflicted for lack of a shepherd. My anger is hot against the shepherds, and I will punish the leaders, for the Lord of hosts cares for his flock, the house of Judah, and will make them like his majestic steed in battle. From him shall come the cornerstone, from him the tent peg, from him the battle bow, from him every ruler, all of them together. They shall be like mighty men in battle, trampling the foe in the mud of the streets. They shall fight because the Lord is with them, and they shall put to shame the riders on horses. I will strengthen the house of Judah, and I will save the house of Joseph. I will bring them back because I have compassion on them, and they shall be as though I had not rejected them. For I am the Lord their God, and I will answer them. Then Ephraim shall become like a mighty warrior, and their hearts shall be glad as with wine. Their children shall see it and be glad. Their hearts shall rejoice in the Lord. I will whistle for them and gather them in, for I have redeemed them, and they shall be as many as they were before. Though I scattered them among the nations, yet in far countries they shall remember me, and with their children they shall live and return. I will bring them home from the land of Egypt and gather them from Assyria, and I will bring them to the land of Gilead and to Lebanon, till there is no room for them. He shall pass through the sea of troubles and strike down the waves of the sea, and all the depths of the Nile shall be dried up. The pride of Assyria shall be laid low, and the scepter of Egypt shall depart. I will make them strong in the Lord, and they shall walk in His name, declares the Lord. Chapter 11 The Flock Doomed to Slaughter Open your doors, O Lebanon, that the fire may devour your cedars. Wail, O Cyprus, for the cedar has fallen, for the glorious trees are ruined. Wail, oaks of Bashan, for the thick forest has been felled. The sound of the wail of the shepherds, for their glory is ruined the sound of the roar of the lions, 
for the thicket of the Jordan is ruined. Thus said the Lord my God, Become shepherd of the flock doomed to slaughter. Those who buy them slaughter them and go unpunished. And those who sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, I have become rich. And their own shepherds have no pity on them. For I will no longer have pity on the inhabitants of this land, declares the Lord. Behold, I will cause each of them to fall into the hand of his neighbor, and each into the hand of his king, and they shall crush the land, and I will deliver none from their hand. So I became the shepherd of the flock doomed to be slaughtered by the sheep traders. And I took two staffs, one I named Favor, the other I named Union, and I tended the sheep. In one month I destroyed the three shepherds, but I became impatient with them, and they also detested me. So I said, I will not be your shepherd. What is to die, let it die. What is to be destroyed, let it be destroyed. And let those who are left devour the flesh of one another. And I took my staff favor, and I broke it, annulling the covenant that I had made with all the peoples. So it was annulled on that day, and the sheep traders, who were watching me, knew that it was the word of the Lord. Then I said to them, If it seems good to you, give me my wages, but if not, keep them. And they weighed out as my wages thirty pieces of silver. Then the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, the lordly price at which I was priced by them. So I took the thirty pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord, to the potter. Then I broke my second staff, Union, annulling the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. Then the Lord said to me, Take once more the equipment of a foolish shepherd. For behold, I am raising up in the land a shepherd who does not care for those being destroyed, or seek the young, or heal the maimed, or nourish the healthy, but devours the flesh of the fat ones, tearing off even their hoofs. Woe to my worthless shepherd who deserts the flock! May the sword strike his arm and his right eye. Let his arm be wholly withered, his right eye utterly blinded. And this is the end of our reading from the Old Testament portion from the book of Zechariah. Now let's take a few moments to recap this section of the book of Zechariah and reflect upon it. In Zechariah chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, the prophet foretold events that would take place up to the first coming of Christ, including Jesus being recognized as Messiah when he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey on the Sunday before he was crucified. In Zechariah chapter 9, verses 10 through chapter 10, verse 12, he continues to prophesy, but describes events that were either fulfilled in the intertestamental period, when the Jews defend themselves against the Greeks, or that will take place when the Messiah returns to earth and will speak peace to the nations, in chapter 9, verse 10. Prophets Isaiah and Micah foretold that the Messiah would judge between the nations and cause the swords to be beaten into plowshares, establishing universal peace, in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 4, and Micah chapter 4, verse 3. His return is one that will be visible to all and signaled by a trumpet, in chapter 9, verse 14. His march is likened to a storm from the south. The image changes to that of a feast, where the nation of Israel will be enabled by the returning Christ to defeat their enemies. Their victory is described in the apocalyptic language we encounter in the book of Revelation. There, the harlot, the satanic world system, 
Babylon the Great, is drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. Here in Zechariah, the victorious vindication of the followers of the Lamb is described by their being drunk with the blood of their enemies. Each man is filled to the brim like the bowls that are used to catch the blood from the animal sacrifices that are offered on the altar at the temple. The image, having changed from storm to feast, now changes to lambs in the first part of Zechariah chapter 9, verse 16, and then to precious stones in the second part of Zechariah chapter 9, verse 16, indicating that the Lord will defend his flock like a faithful shepherd and wear them on his heart, like the high priest wears the precious twelve stones symbolizing the twelve tribes when he goes as their representative before the holiest of all. During the tribulation period, there will be faithful witnesses to the Messiah, the two witnesses from heaven who are sent to testify of Christ and the 144,000. Not all Jews are quick to repent because they are attached to idolatry and submitted to false teachers. Zechariah chapter 10 verse 2 speaks of their clinging to pagan idols, teraphim, and going to mediums, diviners, and false prophets. The request in Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1 to ask for rain is a call to the people of Israel to recognize their dependence once again upon their God. And here is a scriptural example where it is reasonable for believers to pray to the Lord for favorable weather. Ask rain from the Lord at the time of the spring rain, the Lord who makes the storm clouds, and he will give them showers of rain, vegetation in the field to each man. Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1. But the prophetic command could also refer to the need to call out to God for favorable conditions for the ministry of the Word. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit's ministry is needed to work upon the dry and barren conditions of each human soul, if the receptive conditions of repentance and faith are to embrace the Word of God. Zechariah refers to such an outpouring that will produce repentance in chapter 12. I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication, so that they will look on me whom they have pierced, and they will mourn for him, as one mourns for an only son, and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10. Those who are not yet converted are trusting in themselves, a form of idolatry known as secular humanism. They comfort in vain, therefore the people wander like sheep. They are afflicted because there is no shepherd. Zechariah chapter 10 verse 2b. The Lord will visit his people to discipline them, punishing the false shepherds and shaping his people into a war horse, a people worthy of bearing his testimony and serving in his victorious army. After all, it is from the Jews that the Messiah comes. He is the cornerstone the central tent peg upon which their salvation hangs, the bow who enables them to be victorious over their enemies. From them will come the cornerstone, from them the tent peg, from them the bow of battle, from them every ruler, all of them together. They will be as mighty men, treading down the enemy in the mire of the streets in battle, and they will fight, for the Lord will be with them, and the riders on horses will be put to shame." Zechariah chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. What a story of mercy! They do not deserve His favor, nor do we, but because of His covenant promise, He will have compassion and bring salvation. The one who has scattered them will regather them, strengthen them, and give them the promises of the new covenant, forgiveness of sins, 
intuitive knowledge of the Lord through the new birth, and a desire to pursue holiness. Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. And in his name they will walk, declares the Lord. Zechariah chapter 10, verse 12, and Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Ezekiel 36, verse 27. Chapter 11 describes the history of the Jews' rejection of the Messiah. Because of their refusal to heed the law and the prophets and put their trust in the messianic promise and his gift of salvation, they find themselves under God's chastening rod. In the age of the Gentiles, they are subjected to the Assyrians, Babylonians, Medes, Persians, Greeks, and Romans. Chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, describe the invasion of their land by the Romans as being consumed by a fire. The shepherds, that is the Jewish leaders, wail. The Lord allows them to be oppressed by the Gentiles. The priest Caiaphas thought that by sentencing Jesus of Nazareth, he would be saving the nation. By rejecting the Messiah, they opened the doors to judgment and dispersal. The Romans would launch a horrific attack and destroy the temple in Jerusalem in 70 A.D. God commanded Zechariah to stand in as a type of the Messiah and play the role of the true shepherd, even as he earlier commanded the priest Joshua to play the role of the Messiah as king and priest. He was to act out the role of a shepherd trying to rescue a flock that consistently went astray. He was given two shepherd rods indicating his God-given purposes. One was named Favor and the other Union. The flock broke covenant with the shepherd and no longer could divine favor rest upon them. No longer were they in union as one flock under his care. I took my staff favor and cut it in pieces to break my covenant which I had made with all the peoples. So it was broken on that day, and thus the afflicted of the flock who were watching me realized that it was the word of the Lord. I said to them, If it is good in your sight, Give me my wages, but if not, never mind. So they weighed out thirty shekels of silver as my wages. Zechariah chapter 11, verses 10 through 12. The people watched Zechariah playing the role of the Messiah and realized that he was portraying their history of rebellion. They wanted him to stop. They offered him wages, thirty pieces of silver, which they considered a worthy sum. But the Lord speaks words that will prove to be prophetic when he himself will be betrayed by Judas. Then the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, that magnificent price which I was valued by them. So I took the thirty shekels of silver and threw them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Then I cut in pieces my second staff, Union, to break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. Judas betrayed the good shepherd, selling him to the false shepherds of Israel for thirty pieces of silver, in Matthew chapter 27, verses 3 through 10. The prophet Jeremiah also prophesies this incident in a similar dramatic action in Jeremiah chapter 19. In verses 15 through 17, Zechariah is commanded to adopt the role of a false shepherd. This is a prophetic picture of the Antichrist who will lead Israel astray, causing them to make a covenant with him, which he will break. Then Zechariah proclaims the word of the Lord. The Antichrist's power, symbolized by the arm, will be destroyed, and his mind confused, 
symbolized by the right eye. Woe to the worthless shepherd who leaves the flock. A sword will be on his arm and on his right eye. His arm will be totally withered and his right eye will be blind. Zechariah chapter 11 verse 17. Now let's move on to the next stop in our Bible reading tour, the book of Revelation chapter 18. The Fall of Babylon, Revelation chapter 18. After this I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory. And he called out with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. And the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others, and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning. Since in her heart, she says, I sit as a queen, I am no widow, and mourning I shall never see. For this reason her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burnt up with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. And the kings of the earth who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand far off in the fear of her torment and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city, Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her, since no one buys their cargo any more, cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, and slaves, that is, human souls. The fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you, and all your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you, never to be found again. The merchants of these wares, who gained wealth from her, will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen, in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, with jewels and with pearls, for in a single hour all this wealth has been laid waste. And all shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors and all whose trade is on the sea, stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned, crying out, Alas, alas, for the great city where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth, for in a single hour she has been laid waste. 
Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will be found no more. And the sound of harpists and musicians, of flute players and trumpeters, will be heard in you no more. And the craftsmen of any craft will be found in you no more. And the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more. And the light of a lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were the great ones of the earth, and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints, and of all who have been slain on earth. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament passage today from the book of Revelation. Chapters 17 and 18 give us a greater look at the judgment that will fall on Babylon the Great. In chapter 17, we see the judgment that falls upon the religious system of Babylon. The city was known as the Gate of the Gods. The false prophet brought about a one-world religion directing worship to the beast, the Antichrist. That one-world religion would persecute true believers. The harlot is described as being drunk on the blood of the saints. The Antichrist will turn on the religions and the religious leaders that helped to bring worshipers under his spell. In chapter 18, we get a greater look into God's judgment upon the commercial, political, and economic systems of Babylon. Another angel of the same kind that descends from heaven gives us heaven's viewpoint on this world's corruption. When we see everything in the light of God's glory, the cheap, lifeless, counterfeit, demonic, and corrupt nature of the world system becomes exposed. The Babylonian world system delights in being the opposite of everything Jesus Christ and His Church stands for. Babylon is the harlot. The church is the pure, chaste bride of Christ. Babylon delights in wickedness, feeds on lies, and lives with unbridled sensuality, lust, and greed. The church delights in the testimony of Christ, His righteousness, truth, and holy life reproduced in each member by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, God's people need to heed the voice that is heard in verse 4. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not participate in her sins and receive of her plagues. For her sins have piled up as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Revelation chapter 18, verses 4 and 5. Do we find ourselves giving in to this world's corrupt view of morality, calling evil good and good evil? Do we adopt the world's definition of marriage? Do we adopt the biblical view of gender? personal responsibility and accountability? The world twists, distorts, and rejects God's Word. The result is that its thinking is diseased. Unless people repent, turn from their sins, and trust the Savior, they will be made to pay for their sins in hell. The world system lives in denial. To the degree that she glorified herself and lived sensuously, to the same degree give her torment and mourning, For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen, and I am not a widow, and will never see mourning. For this reason, in one day her plagues will come, pestilence and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for the Lord God who judges her is strong. 
Revelation chapter 18, verses 7 and 8. The same leaders who delighted in evil rejoiced and exchanged gifts at the death of God's prophets, the two witnesses, will mourn when they see Babylon judged in chapter 18, verses 9 and 10. Babylon's fall affects the economy. The merchants will mourn. They profited on its infidelity. John goes into great detail describing the Babylonian cargo that the merchants of this world trade in. In one hour of judgment, Babylon has been laid to waste. What a contrast between the royal purple, scarlet, fine linen, and precious adornment of God's eternal dwelling place to the short-lived splendor of Babylon's treasures. Whereas the kings, merchants, and sailors mourn, heaven rejoices. This is a righteous judgment in the eyes of God, and God's people are called to share that perspective concerning the deceitful nature of this present age. A strong angel portrays the tsunami effect of Babylon's fall. Then a strong angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon the great city be thrown down with violence and will not be found any longer. Revelation chapter 18 verse 21 The entertainment industry with its artisans, musicians, and designers will no longer have a sponsor. There will be no more city lights. There will be no more voice of the bride or bridegroom. There will be no more of the mixed-up priorities that fell short of seeking the kingdom of God, bred deception, and incurred destruction. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on the earth. Revelation chapter 18, verse 24. Now let's move on to our next stop in our Bible reading tour, the book of Psalms, and we will be reading Psalm 146. Put not your trust in princes. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Here is a song for a believer who knows the joy of being free from Babylonian deception. The psalm begins and ends with wholehearted praise. He resolves to praise the Lord all of his life. The Lord reigns forever and is worthy of praise from every generation. The psalmist recognizes the futility of putting trust in anyone or anything other than the Savior. Our works will end with the grave. Our plans only go so far. God's plan is for eternal salvation. Do not trust in princes, in mortal man, in whom there is no salvation. In contrast, blessed are those whose help and hope comes from the Lord, for He remains faithful forever. Psalm 146, verse 3. 
Do you know the Lord as your liberator? In verse 7, do you know him as the one who watches over you and frustrates the way of the wicked? And now for our final stop in our Bible reading tour today, we go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 33. For pressing milk produces curds, pressing the nose produces blood, and pressing anger produces strife. This proverb highlights known outcomes. The same verb in Hebrew is used for churning milk, twisting the nose, and stirring up anger, translated in the ESV as pressing. The proverb is given in the context of problems resulting from pride and evil planning. The outcome of churning milk is known. It is how you make butter. The twisting or pressing of the nose will cause a nosebleed. And so, if we don't handle our anger, that is, our emotional responses to perceived injustices, by bringing it under control, the inevitable consequence will be further trouble. Now let's go before the Lord in prayer. We praise you, O Lord, for you reign forever. We thank you for faithfully coming to our rescue. Lord Jesus, you are the true shepherd who secured our salvation, delivering us from our enemies. We thank you for shielding us with your favor and securing our access to the Father. You lift us up and uphold our cause. Holy Spirit, activate the ministry of your word to our hearts that it would take root and bear much fruit. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thanks for joining us, and God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow, and we have only four more days left as we complete this journey through the entire Bible in a year. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can write us at podcast at newlife.org. And also, if you'd like to subscribe to a written daily copy of our commentary on the Bible, you can go to our website, newlife.org. You can also learn there about our ministries and how you can be a support to our gospel work around the world. And we draw your attention to this as you might want to make an end-of-the-year charitable gift to New Life Community Church, 221 Baker Avenue, Concord, Massachusetts. Now we commend you to our Lord and the word of His grace that is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among the sanctified. May you know His peace, be filled with His Spirit, and share the joy 